tuned into the greatest. You are now tuned into the greatest. Oh, 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 oh my God. It's the Fearless Podcast with Arian Simone. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Podcast. I am Siobhan Jones. I am your host, and I am so excited to be joined by two phenomenal women. We have Casey Sharperson and Teresa Monroe. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Um, Introduce yourselves. Casey, tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Siobhan. My name is Casey Sharperson. I am a speaker, confidence cultivator, and brand strategist. One thing that I'm really proud of is authoring the book called Dream, Build, Repeat, Harness Fear to Confidently Pursue Your Biggest Dreams. So in short, I love working with women specifically to really hone in on their confidence, identify things that are holding them back in order to truly build a brand that they're incredibly proud of and one that resonates, an authentic brand. So that's what I love to do. I am originally from the South, uh, South Carolina specifically, but now I live in the D.C. area, and I'm really excited to connect um, even for with the listeners um, after this to really find out how they can um, continue to grow and develop their gifts and their strengths and their dreams. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And Charissa, please introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Charissa Monroe, and I am the daughter of the late Dr. Miles and Rose Monroe, and I am a speaker, both motivational and spiritual. I am also a licensed clinical social worker by profession. So Siobhan, you and I, we connect there. um, (laughs) We do, and I love, love, love what I do. And I'm, I'm based in the medical aspect of social work, but you know, social work is one of those fields where you can pretty much take it anywhere and so I just I think I my heart has always been for helping people um those that are oppressed oppressed those that are underprivileged and disadvantaged and so that's been where my focus is even now as I transition from the medical field and more into the motion the motivational side Mm -hmm. um I am the CEO of Charissa Monroe brand and that's us helping people define, develop, and deploy uh, their purpose. And really and truly just, not more than just saying it, but applying action to that. I'm from the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, the place Mm. where God lives. Ah! Uh, In case you were wondering. (laughs) In case there were any questions, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, That's where I'm from. And I have one brother. And yes, we are two forces to reckon with. I love it. I love it. Well, from your descriptions, you like I said, you ladies are phenomenal. Um, and it really, a lot of what you said goes in line with what our topic is today. Today, pursuing your dreams fearlessly. And I love that title because so many people um, are, we're in the age of just talking about your dreams and really people going after them. We have so much access and resources that are available to us. And we have so many people who want to be entrepreneurs. And so I want to start with you, Casey, and really tell us what that journey has been like um, as you pursue your dreams. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I can't say that I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I can say I have always enjoyed being in charge. So so with that, um, I kind of fell into it. Uh, My grandfather grew up in or he didn't grow up in the DC area, but he moved to the DC area when he was um, in high school or high school age. And he was an entrepreneur. So he was a salesman. And that's one of my earliest memories of learning how to sell. He used to work at the farmer's market for those that are in the DC area. It was right by the stadium. So he would be there every weekend selling his peanuts, his peanut brittle, uh, my grandmother's pound cake. And that was something that he taught me. He always taught me Uh, to build relationships with people, and um, then just the skill of sales, which in the end is working with people. So that's one of my earliest memories, and my first jobs was to sell little baggies of peanuts for $2.50, and I really enjoyed it because I'm like, man, I can get a little bit of cash. I have the opportunity to um, talk to some people, and I was about eight or nine at the time. So that was kind of the first part of my entrepreneurial journey. From there, um, I progressed, and I didn't really consider 
what my past experiences were. And from there, um, I just went on a traditional path. So I thought I was going to do law for a long time, then headed into um, headed into college, got a degree in business marketing, and thought, again, I still was going to do law. So from that um, experience, I realized that God kind of had me in a point where I had to make a decision. So I had that decision to pursue law school or to pursue something else. And um, God made that decision for me. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you think mm-hmm. you're going to make a choice and then all the doors close and you're like, you know, I think I may do something different. <laughs> so right. I had that opportunity of doing something different and continued on to move to the DC area. And I will say that having the doors to your dream or what you pursue, what you perceive to be your dream close is a really traumatic and a really dramatic experience, you know, to go from always thinking that your life is going to look one way to now suddenly having to change. And I had this growing opportunity where I said, well, nothing in my life looks like I thought it was going to look, you know, I checked all the boxes as far as being an athlete, doing really well in school. And then I come to a place where I'm just not fulfilled. But I will say that God used that opportunity for me to really remember back to um, a woman that actually told me when I was eight years old, she said, Casey, you're going to be a speaker. And I had no idea. And I was just like, I don't, what? Why would you tell me that? (laughs) And I you're not thinking about that at eight years old. Not thinking about it at all. She's like, you're going to be a speaker. Fast forward to college time. I went to study abroad. And she told me when I came back, she goes, Casey, you know, I know of women that are traveling the world speaking and teaching. And I just kept thinking like, I don't know what my story is. I can't, what am I going to tell people? What am I going to say? Like be happy, but I couldn't see my gifts at the time. And so God used that opportunity um, of shutting all the doors to really get my attention and remind me of what, uh, what a passion I had for speaking and encouraging Um, people. And so at that moment, God opened up another door for a teacher. So when they're ready, when you're ready, you know, you have the opportunity for a teacher to come into your life and help you along that journey. So I started um, mentoring with some amazing people. And just a few years later, I was on stages speaking, traveling the world. And it's been a really beautiful journey um, of really identifying what story means and how even our dreams can grow and develop as our skills begin to grow and develop and as more opportunities come towards us. So that's kind of my journey into entrepreneurship started in sales, ended in speaking, traveling, coaching. And that's what I love. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of people to where it, it evolves, you know, it grows and you, you continue. It's a journey. It's a journey and you kind of have highs and lows. Um, But I want to ask the same question to you, um, Charissa, what has that journey been like? It's been an interesting one. I um, always knew that I eventually would not be working for someone else and I would eventually be working for myself just because that's the way my dad taught us and Mm -hmm. he was training us for a long time. But up until 2014, which is when that tragic accident happened that, you know, recalled their lives, I was working as a social worker. I had stopped working full time and started to work part time as a social worker and then worked part time for my dad. And working for my dad, it's almost like working for myself. But during that time, I was kind of complacent. I was fine being behind the scenes. Even before social work, I thought I was going to be a doctor and just make all this money. I was going to be this hard surgeon. I went to school, did two years of (laughs) pre-med. Did two years of pre-med. And then I got into it and I'm like, "Mm, no, I want to be able to talk to my patients and see them more than just on the table and one more time after that. Right. for a follow-up. And so I started to take more classes in, in college and I realized that, okay, so social work, is, I think we did psychology one-on-one, social work one-on-one, and then I realized I like this. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to my junior year, I switched, I switched tracks from pre-med to social work and all of my credits you sound just to like cross me. over. <laughs> and they allowed all of my credits to cross over to social work. So mm-hmm. I ended up with a bachelor's of science instead of a bachelor's of arts, which is perfectly fine. And I graduated with social work and I went to get my master's at the University of Michigan with a medical track, interpersonal relationships. And I just went from there. And I have been in social work now for about 13 years, actually mm-hmm. going on 14. And it has been amazing. But that 
I was perfectly fine with that. And I did not want to let social work go, but my right. dad needed us and wanted us to be in ministry with him. So I did that part-time, did ministry part-time. And part of my job with my dad was to just be his road manager, but backing him from behind and from underneath. And I was perfectly fine with that. And then the accident happened and my brothers and I are now left with this legacy that we have to decide if we're going to carry and are you going to continue what he's been doing and then also work on your own legacy and then build on what he left. And so of course we are here five years later building and have taken on this legacy. And like Casey, like to a, to a certain point, I never thought I would be speaking. I never thought I would be a speaker. I never thought I would be in the spotlight. I was perfectly fine just being behind the scenes. I eventually want to open up my own social work practice and have a multifaceted practice like that. That's been my desire or was my desire. And then, like I said, everything happened and God had a different track for me. He had a different journey of to, towards the purpose that was his will versus what I thought I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so now here I am, I went from not thinking I would speak at all to speaking before thousands and traveling the world and doing motivational speaking, leadership speaking, spiritual speaking, and enjoying it. And people actually learning from, from my story. And, you know, during the time when my parents passed, there was a time when, man, I did not know if I wanted to do this without them, because I wasn't supposed to in my mind. And then God said to me, the reason why you're still here is because there's still something that I have for you to do. And it was then when that purpose gave me life and I've just been living in it and working in it and working in it. And so now I'm about to transition out of, out of traditional social work into just focusing on the brand and focusing on the legacy. And it's been interesting because when you're building now your own, now you have to go through the process of failures and trials and tribulations. Even though you've been given a spoon or maybe you've been given a silver platter, you have to now work the wheel. You have to now, even though the wheel is already there and not have to be reinvented, you have to work the wheel to keep it spinning. So now I'm in that place where I'm learning who's for me and who's not. I'm learning what my weaknesses are and what my strengths are. I'm learning what is going to work and what isn't. And then I'm also learning, I don't know, Casey, if you've you've experienced this, there's so much things you want to do. Like you have this big vision and you kind of want to do everything all at once, but you realize real quick, you have to take it one step at a time, one bite size at a time, and eventually you'll get there. So, yes. Both of you, I, something that I heard in both of your stories is the, the willingness to be, one, flexible and open to your journey looking different. Because it sounds um, like both of you had one idea of what you wanted to do. And it was the, com- I don't want to say complete opposite, but it really was a shift in where you, um, where you are now. And so I love that about your stories. But I wanted to back up, um, Teresa, to something you said about failures um, because so often we see if I fall you know it's a bad thing you know failing is a bad thing but I feel like in entrepreneurship you know you're not going to be able to build this business this brand without having some failures there are going to be some failures and so what has your what have your failures taught you that have kept you going and really pushed you further into your purpose um, Go ahead. Yeah, you can start, um, Casey. Man, failure is not something that I ever enjoyed. It's not something that I felt like nobody. I, was, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it was not something I was great at doing. You know, when I when I think back over my life, the things that I really excelled at were things that I was good at. Like there weren't many things that I felt like, oh, I'm really bad at this. So I want to become really good at it. Right. It was just kind of like, you know what? I guess this isn't for me. Like, like I'm struggling too much. I think this isn't for me. Right. I right. I'm like, you know what? If the option is between an A and a B and I'm really struggling, I'll just take the B. Like, <laughs> like it's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress about it. But that mentality has not served me well in entrepreneurship, because the longer you're in a space of building and creating something, the more you're going to fail. So this is something that that I'm even learning now, which is really to pursue failure, because when you're failing, that means you're actually doing something new. 
-hmm. Like you're not in that space of staying comfortable. Like Teresa said, like being in that space where you're like, I know everything works. I'm, I'm chilling, you know, but that's not where growth happens. And that's not where exponential growth and change and challenge happens. So, um, yeah, my failures have, I haven't received them well. It's like they come in, you know, launch something. It doesn't work the way you think it's going to. Okay. I think this idea is trash. I'm no longer going to that, you know, that's not for me, but I realize that's not how that works. Right. Same thing. If you truly feel like this is it, you just tweak something, you change and you try again and you pursue trying again. And that's the space where I'm trying to stay in and overcoming that fear of failure and that fear of perfectionism, which is a lot about a lot about what I talk about in my book, because as women, I mean, I hear so many women, people that I coach, people online, and they're just like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't want to launch because I think it might fail. I don't want to write a book because I don't know who's going to who's going to buy it. I don't want to start a podcast because I don't know who's going to listen. It's all of these questions about your value, but the value truly is the journey. Yes. So even if everything fails, you've learned something to get you closer to that one thing that's going to succeed. Oh yeah. I think Gary Vee says it all the time of, you know, if I fail, I want to fail better the next time. And because it's all about that journey and about that process, because you're learning so much about yourself in the process of failing. Um, I think you mentioned it, Casey. Okay, if I failed this time, I know next time not to do X. <laughs> Let's do Y. Right. Um, but yeah, Trista, I'm sure you can share in, the, share in the same sentiments as well. And you gave a great word earlier, which I was very glad you said. You said, what has your failures taught you? Which mm -hmm. implies that your failure seasons yep. or instances are classrooms. Like they right. should be lessons. But I actually hate the word failures because this, you know, it just has this negative connotation to it. Yeah. And so failures to me is the same as challenges. Like I'm the kind of person, I don't know about you, Siobhan, but I'm the kind of person who loves, like as a social worker, if I don't have a challenge, if I don't have, a, like a challenge is a problem. Mm -hmm. If I don't have a problem, I can't work. Right. I can't function. Right. Like I function, I function in travesty I function so well in challenges and problems and so even when I have pro of course these are other people's problems that I'm functioning in but <laughs> when it's me having to now function in my own issues I look at that now as like you said like a lesson learned mm -hmm. you know because challenges and difficulty does not mean impossibility right so not because it's hard and it's difficult and it's challenging me and it's impossible it just means that what what you tried to do or the method you used the first time didn't work it may have gotten right. you so far but now you need to try a different method that's going to take you further right and so you know and failure doesn't work especially in this world where people like to be perfect and i'm one of those perfectionists so i hate failing like i hate when something messes up but again in that moment of it being challenging in that moment of it being uncomfortable, like that discomfort alone, like Casey said, like that's where you grow. So I can't grow when I'm complacent. I wasn't growing for a certain period of time. And it was almost as though God had to pull my father off of the face of this earth in order to get me and my brother to move to the next level in our own lives, because we were depending very much on my father's, and I'm gonna use this word success, even the word success, I don't necessarily appreciate because success is so, it's limiting because once you become successful at something, then that's an old success. Yep. So now people are waiting for, okay, what's next? What's the new, but what's going to happen new? Exactly. But I don't think people, we, are, we are trying to be successful. I think everybody wants to be significant. Oh, that's Everybody good. wants to be, everyone wants to be remembered. My father was significant in his areas of gifting and he will never be forgotten. He was more than just successful. You think right. about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was significant. LeBron James, they're significant in basketball. You know, you have people who, like I think about working out, right? There are certain things that they tell you, like if you're trying to build a muscle or you're trying to run a treadmill, they say, work it to failure. Work it till you can't go anymore. Interestingly enough, they're trying to get you, they're kind of trying to get you to do the very thing that we, run away, that we run away from in order to make that muscle grow, in order to make your heart get stronger, 
They want you to do a sprint to failure till you can't anymore and then rest. Because once you've gotten to that place of failure, you've pushed it to the end. So now when you do it again, every time you're able to go a little further and further, but it requires us embracing the failures, embracing our falls, embracing our challenges and, and, and difficulty. Because once you get through them, no one can tell you anything because you're able to say, literally, I have been there. I have done that and I have overcome. What else yeah. is that? I'm, oh gosh, y'all have said a word because there's so much that you can learn from challenges. And I think that we take it for granted sometimes and we wallow in it because things aren't happening the way we want them to, especially when you're building a business. Um, we live in such a society where we want things instantly. We want it to be successful instantly. Um, and I wanted to talk about, you, you touched on it a little bit, Teresa, but success. Because how do you know when you reach success? Because I feel like as you build, you're building a business, the goalpost kind of moves. From, <laughs> the goalpost is moving from time to time. And so it's hard sometimes to measure it. And it's hard sometimes as a, you know, a new entrepreneur to really gauge what that is. And so how do you gauge success um, in your business? Like I said, I, if I can always, replace success with significant because when you think about success it's, yeah. it's literally terminal like yeah. once you have met one success it's like okay that's an old success now what right. are you talking about what are you going to do next but you know in the significance like when i hear people continue to tell me man what you have done or just watching you or just listening to you or you have changed my life like that is me feeling like man i really changed someone's life like i changed their thinking like that to me is significant. And if I can do that, like people will never forget things that I've said or they've just watched my life and they've been able to say, man, she really helped me in what it was I was doing. Because when you think about it, climbing a mountain, right? When you reach, quote unquote, the top of the mountain, a success, okay, fine, you've made it there. Right. I think the success is not at the top. The success is in the journey from Ooh. bottom to top. Yes. Because once you reach the top, Siobhan, there's nothing there. Yep. There's absolutely nothing there but lighter air. Yep. And then you can't wait to come down, eat your next meal. Yeah. But the successful part is the fact that I can get from the bottom to the top. That is the success. It's, it's in the climb. It's, and it's then climb. I got to figure out how to get back down. That is yep. the success. Because at, at reaching it, once I'm there, there's absolutely nothing at the top. And so that's why when I think, I think about so many celebrities who have gone to the top so quickly and yeah. they get there and they're, they have all this money, all this fame, and they're still not fulfilled. Yep. They're still not happy because at the top of what they believe is success is absolutely nothing. There's actually no meaning to it. But if during that journey, if during my climb from bottom to top, I've touched 5,000 lives and change their thinking and made a paradigm shift in their life. Like that is my significance. That would be the measure of my success. What I've done along the journey in that climb. Because yeah. once I've reached the top, there's no one there. There's no one there for me. There's nothing there for me. I would have passed everybody. But if I've passed everyone and did absolutely nothing on my way up, then I would have literally wasted an entire climb. Oh, that's so because good. I, so good. Because, because I'm going to, we're going to talk about purpose later, because my purpose is for me. So my purpose isn't to get to the top. My purpose is on the way to the top is that I actually carry people with me. Yep. Listen, that's a word. That's a whole, that's a whole word, girl. I'm about to pass around the collection plate. <laughs> but um, Casey, share with us, you know, the, your, your definition and your reaching success because I love the the changing success for significance which really just in my mind just impact you know I'm not focused on you know reaching a certain dollar amount I'm focused on if my business honestly if my business is focused on the people you know everything else will come and so go ahead and and share with us yeah, we're still in a, a society that values certain things. 
we value metrics, yep. whether they're vanity metrics or whether, whether they're legitimate metrics, right? Mm-hmm. And so we value that. We value um, accomplishing certain things. And I will say success, of course, is different for different people, what they define as success. Right. Uh, One of the things that I've realized, though, it's so funny because I think about the people that I spend the most of my time with, especially around entrepreneurs. There's a lot of things that I haven't done that my entrepreneurial friends have done. Mm -hmm. So there's almost like this, this mental note of like, okay, I still have a lot of things to do. But then I realize there's an entire group of people that haven't done any of the things that I've done, right? And so for me, I'm like, oh gosh, writing a book, like I probably should have done this X number of years ago when I first had the idea, but I feel in my brain, I feel like everybody has a book. There's an entire group of people that are like, you wrote a book? I don't (laughs) know. I don't know anybody who wrote a book, right? right? And it's, it's so funny how I just forget there's, a, there's an entire world of people that that is not on their radar, <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. So when I think about success, it's about your personal, like, what do you want to accomplish? What do you feel like God has downloaded to give you and your particular journey? Like Teresa was talking about, because your journey is very different than anybody else's. So if we get stuck in saying, I want to reach X number of followers on Instagram, I want to do this, 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 I want to follow this journey that I feel like this is when I know I'm going to be successful when these, this many people know my name. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, but I a hundred percent agree with, agree with this concept of significance where when you look at these metrics, why do you want X number of followers? You know, what are you doing with your, your platform of 700 people? Are you serving those 700 people? Yep. Because when we're chasing success, we're often missing what's happening right now in the present. We're missing who we have the opportunity to serve now when we're trying to chase down this moving target. Mm-hmm. We're trying to chase down these 30,000, 50,000, 60,000 followers and subscribers. Why? You know, are we looking for validation from those people? Or do you have the opportunity to serve those that you have in your sphere right now, serve them faithfully, serve them like you are serving a million people and that they're each paying you a million dollars, right? And that's where, to me, that's the definition of success. Like owning where you are, growing where you are. And when you're owning and growing where you are, opportunities are going to present themselves and that's going to take you to success. It's the journey. You know, I think about how much I learned from the first time that I thought I was going to write a book to the actual time that it came out. Sometimes if I, if I had put out what I was thinking about putting out five, six years ago, it would have been a totally different experience because I hadn't quite gone through the journey to be able to talk about what it looks like to lose a dream and to build something else. What does it look like once you've reached that goal to now start over because you've already reached that. Now now we're striving to something else, to growth and to, um, and to change. And so for me, I believe that success is found in not just, not complacency, but comfort in knowing that I can maximize every single moment, every single thing that I'm given for this season. And that, that will just grow and expand you and you'll be able to see success differently. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, like you said, it looks different for everybody. It looks very different for everyone. And you have to really be clear about what that looks like for you. We get so caught up in what we think others, you know, what others are showing us and we take that on and think that that's supposed to be our goal. You know, it's just like when you see before I really, my purpose has always been helping people. It has always been my purpose, but before I I ran from my purpose for such a long time. Um, And I remember I would start, I started a business doing just, I was selling purses. I was doing all kinds of things just outside of my purpose. And it never seemed to click. Like it never seemed to work. And I think it's because it just was outside of the purpose that God had given me. And my, I really feel like when you are in your purpose, although you'll have struggles and things may, there may be challenges, it fits better. It's like the puzzle starts to come together. Um, 
And so I just want to talk a little bit about purpose and really, you know, how do you know when you're in your purpose? Because sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes you're passionate about things and you think that because I'm passionate about it, okay, well, this must be my purpose. But just, I'm passionate. I love singing, but I promise you, singing is not (laughs) my purpose. So, can we talk about that? Because I think that gets lost sometimes in the conversation. (laughs) I was talking to my fiance earlier, and we were going back and forth on this very thing as I was preparing for this Mm -hmm. uh, event right now. And that's the the, uh, example I've given him. You know, what I'm passionate about does not necessarily mean that that is what I'm supposed to be doing or it has anything to do with my purpose. Because I said, I love music. I love to sing but I can't hold a note with my two hands. I can sing in a choir, you know? And so usually like, and it's interesting how um, people tend to confuse passion and purpose when they are two totally different things. Um, They have everything to do with each other, but it doesn't mean that that passion leads to purpose or vice versa. Um, When you think about purpose, purpose, like passion is the thing that you love or things that you love. Like you are very passionate about, like I'm passionate about food, but if I eat too much of it, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get fat. I'm passionate about shopping, but if I shop too much, I'm going to, I'm going to be poor. Like I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, I enjoy doing certain things, but it has very little to do with what I am supposed to be functioning as in my gift and my talent. Now I am also very passionate about people and seeing people go from not smiling to smiling and seeing people go from, man, I didn't know how to fix this problem to, man, she just helped me solve my problem. Like I'm passionate about that as well. Think about that all the time. But my per and my purpose is connected to that particular passion. But sometimes your purpose is going to be connected to the very thing that you hate. And I oh, say true. that in, it's the very thing that you hate. And so it's also the very thing that you avoid until you can't avoid it anymore listen (laughs) and then you realize okay i hate this so much i've been trying to avoid it now i got to do something about it purpose will chase you down (laughs) and then you start operating so it's the thing that makes you angry like what are you angry about when you watch the news and when you like siobhan you have no idea how excited i got when they started talking about um, especially now what's going on in 2020 when mm-hmm. they start t- talking about bringing social workers on with the police departments. Right, right. Like I, like, I can't wait to figure out who and who I can talk to right. so that I can, how I can get on board with that so that I can be a part of that solution to right. that problem. Because I think it is a, I, I think it's a perfect uh, resolution to, well, 50% to what's going on right now. Right. But Again, that's, that's me going looking for trouble because that's where I function in. Like my <laughs> desire is that that's not, every, that's not everybody's uh, passion. So it's the very thing that you hate that you avoid for so long that you can't avoid anymore. And you're like, man, I was created for this very problem. Right. I was created to solve this problem. Casey was created to solve a problem. Like, like and it's interesting that we talked about money because we have all been in fields that don't pay much. Social workers don't get paid much. Teachers, Casey, don't get paid much. But we are so needed and we are so passionate about what we do that money means nothing. That we give value to money because what we have to offer is so much more valuable than money. And so your purpose is actually linked to what you are willing to exchange your money and your time for or sacrifice money and time for. You understand? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we can be passionate about so, so much and we can love so much, but our purpose will be, you know, that very thing that pains us to our core and be like, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't just sit back and do nothing. Like I have to do something because that's what I'm, and once you start operating in that, yeah, you may be working a nine to five and that's your job but your work happens all the time. Like there's a difference. And my dad gave the very good depiction of job versus work. Like your job is your nine to five. Your job can also be what fuels 
your purpose. Like my passion is what fuels and motivates, but my purpose is what fulfills me. Mm. I can use that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Purpose was something that I feel like eluded me for a long time when I came officially into the faith, right? Like I thought I had been saved since I was seven. I think I was, but there were some questionable years in between, right? So, so when I came back in, in college and I realized I, I want to take my faith seriously, that was the buzzword. Like when you looked up Christian women, what, what do I need to be praying for? What do I need to be doing right now? Everything was your purpose. Find your purpose. Find your purpose. And that had never really crossed my mind. I hadn't heard that language, right? Social media wasn't really a thing at that point. So nobody was talking about purpose. So I finally come into this space and now I realize I'm behind because I should have found my purpose already. <laughs> so that was the thing that I was just praying about, like, God, give me my purpose, give me my purpose, give me my purpose. What's my purpose? And then I was trying to take all these quizzes and do all these things. What's my purpose? <laughs> and I still didn't feel like I had it. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is a joke. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I just kind of came to the point where I said, you know what? I mean, it is what it is. I may find it, I may not. You know, I'm gonna just do what I like doing. <laughs> and I stopped making it so serious and like really trying to define what is my life purpose. And when I stopped pursuing that particular question and started pursuing what are the things that I'm interested in? Like the more I found out about myself, mm -hmm. the more I became more authentic with myself. Like what do I actually like? Not, not what do I think everybody else wants me to be like or what I right. feel like everybody else wants me to do. What do I want to do? The more introspection time that I had, the more I started realizing, you know, there's some things that I enjoy, but I didn't associate those with purpose until I would just say, you know, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to pursue this thing. I'm interested in this. I'm going to grow here, learn here, develop here. And what I found was that the more I did that, the more small, do small doors opened up. So it was like taking the next step, the next right step. And then I started trusting myself and then trusting God to say, you know what, if I'm on a wrong path, God has shut doors before. So quite right. frankly, <laughs> at this point, I'm just going to go for it, you know? And so I just started moving forward and that's when there were more opportunities. I didn't start because I liked, I, I didn't realize that I liked speaking. I didn't realize all of those things until I started moving into a space and people started inviting me to do things. And I wasn't seeking fame. I wasn't seeking to be on anybody's stage. It was just like, okay, you know what? I realize I like educating people. If I could just tell people what I learned in this scripture, like this is mind blowing to me. Hopefully it helps you. Right. So that was my first, first step. Start teaching more in church that more doors open up. I realize that people are really being transformed by this. Okay. Next right thing. So I find that instead of asking this question, if you're, if you were like me and purpose had eluded you, you take the next right step. And then upon reflection, you might find, Oh, I think I, I think I know what my purpose is. There just wasn't a bolt of lightning that told me that right. my, my purpose was to empower and encourage others. My purpose was to help people overcome the things that I struggled with. The reason that I talk about confidence so strongly is because I struggled with that. I had opportunities of fake confidence, of pretending like I had it all together while drowning on the inside, right? So all of those things that I had overcome that had become a part of my story now somehow had found themselves into this new space of my life. And that's where I think purpose lives. It lives in reviewing the things that you've been through, reviewing your past, thinking about the things that you enjoy, and those kind of meeting to a point where you go, oh, I think, I think this is purpose. I'm moving in a space where I just have peace. I have happiness. I feel like this fits. It's not that initial discomfort, which you might have, because it might be something that you don't enjoy at the beginning because you haven't experienced it. And I love so much this idea that, um, or, or talking about this idea that just because you haven't done something doesn't mean that you're not excellent at it. And just right. because you haven't had the opportunity to grow and thrive in an area doesn't mean it's not a part of your purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I want to, I, I agree with all of that. Go ahead. Casey said something that I wanted to encourage people with and I can use it. She said, you know, she was praying for God, give me my purpose, give me my purpose, give me my purpose. As though 
and and I want to stop right there because that giving my purpose is something that you know means that I don't have it already but you know the very reason or the very the very act of him creating you is because there is a purpose that he needs you to fulfill. So when right. you were created, when we were born, we were born with that purpose already. And we were born with all the potentials, so the talents, the gifts, the, the expertise that we have. We were born with all of that. And it's a matter of us actually discovering. So God decided what our purpose is. He created us. And then it's up to us to actually discover that. And when we discover, like Casey said, when we discover what we like to do, what are, what are our gifts? What are our talents? Mine's not singing, but mine may be something else. It's speaking. I didn't like speaking. I would have preferred to be behind the scenes, but I realized that that is what he had me, had me do. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. Mm-hmm. And so developing your gifts and developing those talents and developing those abilities that actually are going to work in tandem with what it is you are supposed to be doing and fulfilling, but actually discovering that first. And sometimes you actually discover your potentials first, and then that leads you to, man, this is what I am supposed to be doing because I can use these talents to do what right. I'm supposed to be doing. And then you just, you know, you, you discover that. And then, but there's this defining and this refining and this developing that we must do. And, and that's just being good stewards of, the talents that God has, has, has given us. There's no more than the man that God gave the 10 talents to. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to take it and increase it and multiply it? Or are we going to bury it? You know, one of the things that my dad always says was, um, the richest place on earth, you know, are not the gold mines in Africa, but they're actually the graveyard. Because mm-hmm. people, people die so full of untapped ability and untapped strength. They you know, unfulfilled purpose. They, they, they die with that because they don't take the time to discover what it is I'm supposed to do and how am I supposed to develop myself mm-hmm. in serving my gift. So many times I think that we give up too soon. You know, we, we don't see it all the way through. It goes back to the journey being in the climb. You know, we, we give up um, even to your point, Casey, when you talked about, okay, if I'm not good at it, this must be not, this is not something I should, you know, I should be doing. And so we give up, you know, right before we're about to even maybe even have a breakthrough, or maybe we're even gonna, you know, see the next side of it, we give up because it's hard. And I love, Trista, when you said developing your talents, developing your skills. A lot of times, if we poured more into developing those skills and talents and refining those things, um, it leads you one to purpose, but two can really, you know, shift you to where you're trying to go. You know, sometimes I know that I haven't always wanted to work a nine to five, but a lot of the skills that I have, I've learned it's because from of that working a nine to five exactly, <laughs> and being able exactly. to apply that elsewhere. So sometimes I think we give up too soon or we don't develop our skills enough. And that's why, you know, our gifts and talents and purpose don't really seem so tangible because we haven't really refined and developed those skills to, you know, get to that next level. And, and so, that's that permanence so and success, right? So permanent, yeah. permanent success to me comes when you take time. Yep. Anything that happens too quickly doesn't last long. But when you want success, it's going to last for a while and go unremembered or go, yeah, go unforgotten. Mm-hmm. Is that success that actually took, took time and you yep. paced it and you were patient with yourself and patient with your gifts and patient with the process because the process is going to be something. Let me tell you, I think about 2020, if you want to talk about failures, Listen. like to me, it's all about perspective it because is. Come, come February and March, like everybody, if we were not careful, would feel like a failure because all the plans that you would have had for 2020 got shut down immediately. Which means, in essence, you would have failed because you wouldn't have accomplished what you wanted to in March, in April, in May, in June. And if you look at the trajectory, you're not going to accomplish what you were supposed to do in November, December. Like you may be able to do something in January 2021. And so there's all this failure. But how are you going to look at it? Do you, pres- do you have a paradigm shift and a mentorship immediately and said, no, I didn't right. fail. God just gave me another six months to plan what it is I was going to plan to restore. I mean, there's just so much, 
that we can take out of this time, these last five months that we've been in, and probably the next six months that we will be in, of this season of, of pause, if we want to call it that. Because that's all it is. Yep. Uh, that's how I look at it. Others that's may look at it look differently. At it. Same. But, I look at it the exact same. Like, you know, in this season, what can I still accomplish? Because, you know, I refuse to be one of those people to say, you know, well, 2020 is just canceled. No, there are still things that are getting done in 2020. <laughs> like, there are still things attached to your purpose that you still can accomplish. You just have to have that mindset shift um, and say, you know what, okay, I couldn't do that, but maybe I can do this. And I think that that's, those are, that goes back to developing those skills, being patient um, in the journey, being in the, you know, in the climb of you getting to where you're trying to, where you're trying to go. So absolutely. Well, as we are um, kind of wrapping up this, uh, this episode, I have really truly enjoyed it. I wanted to ask each of you, um, and Casey, you can start and just, if you can leave something with our listeners about purpose, pursuing your dreams, um, success, challenges, significance, um, <laughs> what would that be? One of the biggest things that I was reminded of this year is that my value doesn't come from my accomplishments. I'm not defined by my accomplishments. I'm not defined by what I do or what I don't do. I'm not defined by my successes or by my failures. One of the things that I think that we have to get to a space of just being comfortable and confident in ourselves. That's it. Not, not the external factors. Right. And that's one of the things that I think is a great lesson for us in 2020 because all of those things that we could have defined ourselves by now are in that same way. Like we aren't defined by athletes, aren't defined by being an athlete, right? And so those are the types of things that we have to consider. Um, but one of the other things that I have consistently been saying, especially in this season, is that just because you feel like you missed a moment, you feel like you missed a graduation, you missed a relationship, you missed a business opportunity, you missed a promotion, those things don't define you. You just missed a moment. And I serve a God of abundance, which means that even if I missed it, it was totally my fault. He gave it to me in my hands and I said, nope, I don't want it. He's not a God that will only give you one chance. That is consistently what's found in scripture, redemption. And so I truly believe that God will redeem the time. So those of us that have been beating ourselves up with how we've been spending our time, what we haven't accomplished, the things that we still want to do, this is a journey. It's a process. And so just because, again, that you missed, you feel like you missed your moment, it's truly just a moment and one that will have the opportunity to come again. So just stay focused on your journey and don't compare your journey to others because it's yours and yours alone. I love that. Love that. Um, you know, I want to leave our listeners with three Ps. Perspective. Perspective is everything. Um, and be, be okay to change your perspective in every season. You know, you, it's, it, we, we have to be careful to not take the same old perspective that we had in one season into the new season because all seasons come and seasons go. Right. Just like how you wouldn't wear, you wouldn't take your winter clothes into summer season. No, you're going to change your winter clothes to summer clothes and you're going to wear them to be conducive for that season. Two, purpose is constant and consistent once you discover it. And even if you don't, your purpose is still going to be constant and consistent so when you know what your purpose is then the third p is you just need to learn how to pivot and in 2020 i've learned how to pivot right. i've learned how to okay i was about to go in one direction but that direction has a roadblock there's somebody blocking me or there's something blocking me so let me take a pivot to the right and it's open, then I go for it. If there's another block, then I take another pivot to the right even further or to the left even further. Nonetheless, my, my, my I'm right-handed. So my left leg, which is my purpose, is never going to move. Why? That doesn't change. It's constant. However, it may just be the journeys and the turns that I take to fulfill that purpose is what I learn to, to adjust to and to change. So. 2020 should literally just be one of those pivotal moments where 
I had plans. I was going in one direction, but plans can change, but my mm -hmm. purpose will always remain the same. And I think about even God, like God had a pivot moment, but his purpose was still the same. His purpose is for man to come to earth, to colonize earth with the culture of heaven. Okay, Adam messed up. He said, no problem. Let's take a pivot in the next direction. and I'm going to send my son to redeem and to restore so that my purpose can still be fulfilled. That was God's pivotal moment. Yeah. And so learning to pivot is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for you both for that advice. Um, can you please just let the listeners know where they can find you on social, your website? Um, either one of you can go first. Yes. So I'm easy to find. I am the only Casey Sharperson in the world. So I am so easy to find. <laughs> you, can, you can go to my website, caseysharperson.com. All my social is there. But again, you can just search for uh, Casey Sharperson on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Um, so yeah, you can connect with me there. Uh, my book is on Amazon and also on my website. I also have a podcast, Dream Build Repeat. So all of those ways I love to connect. I love meeting people. So would love to, uh, to hear from everybody that listens to this that really feels like they're in um, a stuck place that wants to really step into their place of uh, confidence and really getting clear about their brand and their messaging and what it is that they have to share with the world. So I'd love to connect with you all if, if that's where you feel like you are. And I, Sharissa, can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram by Sharissa Monroe One. That's Sharissa with one S, Sharissa Monroe One. And then my website is charissamonroe.com. And the website will also have links to my social media as well. And I also wrote a small devotional that they can find on the website and they can purchase it that way. But I'm easy, Sharissa Monroe One. <laughs> There's only one of me. The only, the only one spell with one S, the only one spell M-U and not M-O. Well, I wish there was only one of me um, so I could have there my There is name. only one of you, Siobhan. <laughs> only one of you. So I could have my name on Instagram. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you, ladies, for joining me. I, this conversation has really been much appreciated. I know that it's going to help someone who may be struggling to find their purpose, their passion, to find their way in entrepreneurship because it can be um it's all a journey you know life's a journey and when you add entrepreneurship onto that uh, you may find a little bit more hurdles to jump jump through so we are at the end thank you so much for listening to the fearless podcast until next time thank you Thanks for tuning in to the Fearless Podcast with Arian Simone. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review.